The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. We've been in a series uh, here at Coastal uh, about uh, God's amazing grace. And uh, we talk a lot about grace here at Coastal. Uh, We talk a lot every week about God's saving grace, how we're saved uh, by His grace, not of works, so that no one could boast, uh, but we're saved by His his grace. It's a gift. Uh, Last week, we talked about God's sustaining grace. You know, how do you get the power to keep on keeping on when you're tired, when you're tempted, when you're in the midst of trouble? You know, one of the things that I've learned in 28 years as the pastor here at Coastal is that nobody, absolutely nobody, sails through life unscathed. We all have problems. We all have hurts and pains. In fact, some of you here today are dealing with some emotional scars and pains that outwardly nobody else can see. I mean, you come to, to Coastal, you come to church, you go about your business, you know, and on the outside... Everything looks good, but on the inside, you're dealing with a lot of pain that nobody sees. Today, I want us to talk about God's healing grace and how God gives us the strength to heal those hidden wounds in your life. The Bible says this in Psalm 147, verse 3, He heals the brokenhearted and He binds up their wounds. How? How does he do that? You know, how does God heal our hidden wounds? One of the ways I believe that he does it is the process of changing our mind, renewing our minds. Romans 12, 2 says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by what? What's it say? Changing the way you think. Then you will know what God wants you to do, and you will know how good and pleasing His perfect will really is. In other words, what He's saying there is that if you want to change your life, if you want to get well, you got to change the way you think. You know, if you see yourself as a loser, you're going to tend to be a loser in life. If you see yourself as a victim, then you're going to tend to put yourself in situations where you tend to be victimized. If you see yourself as a failure, you're going to tend to reinforce what you feel about yourself and eventually you know, you're going to fail. It's that simple. In fact, write this down today. Your beliefs determine your behaviors. Our beliefs, what we believe, what we think, determines the way that we act. But that's where the problem lies. You see, so many of our beliefs about ourselves, quite frankly, are false. They're wrong. They're mistaken. You know, some of you have believed a lie about yourself. You know, have you ever been to uh, one of those House of Mirrors or maybe the Fun House uh, at the Coastal Carolina Fair every year? You know, without fail, they have those, uh, those warped mirrors that when you stand in front of them, they make you look distorted, right? Either short, really, really short and really fat, or, uh, you know, extremely skinny and uh, tall. Because when you look at a distorted mirror, it gives you a distorted image of yourself. Did you hear that? When you look at a distorted mirror, it gives you a distorted image of yourself. Now, growing up, 
as adults, in, in uh, you know, the adults in your life, as you were growing up, the experiences that you had, the world around you, typically, sadly, they all acted like distorted mirrors. And for the most part, many of you tended to accept whatever it is they said about you as truth. You know, if they said something like, hey, you're never gonna amount to anything. Many of you just kind of filed that away and you believed it. If they said, you're, you're no good, you're stupid, you're ugly, you filed all that information away in your mind and some of you today are still acting on that distorted mirror. Today I want to set you free. Not me, but the truth of his word. I want you to hear loud and clear what God says about you. I want you to, to look at the truth. Four things that God says about you that are true because of his amazing grace. And listen, if, if you would act, if, you, if you'll grasp these truths and act on these truths, I guarantee you that today could possibly be one of the most, most important days in your life. One of the, uh, the, the most life-changing days in your life. You'd be set free from the, the hidden prison that you find yourself in. And those wounds and those scars will begin the process of, of being healed. And I know today is Mother's Day. Let me just say this. The truth is, this affects a lot of you women today in particular. You've believed a lie about yourself. You've listened to the world. You've listened to past voices. You, you, you listen to what they say about you. And you need to be reminded today what God says about you. And I promise you in particular will be set free. Because of God's grace, number one, the Bible says that I am acceptable. I'm acceptable. That's a great place to start because most of us spend most of our lives trying to find acceptance. We want to be accepted by our parents, by our peers, by people we envy, by total strangers. Your desire to be accepted influences the way you dress, the car you drive, the house you buy, the, uh, the career you choose, countless other things. People will do the craziest things just to be accepted. Remember when you were a kid and somebody dared you to do something? Even if it was stupid, and you knew it was stupid, you went ahead and did it anyway, didn't you? Why? Because you wanted to be accepted. And then you come home and your parents would say, if they'd asked you to jump off a bridge, what, what? You know, you'd do that too, right? I mean, but you did because you wanted to be accepted. Romans 15, seven says this. So accept each other, now listen to this, just as Christ has what? Accepted you. Then God will be glorified. I want you to circle that word there, accepted. Now I want you to notice something. There's no condition you know, attached to it. It doesn't say Christ will accept you if you attend church every single Sunday. It doesn't say Christ will accept you if you promise to be perfect, if you keep the Ten Commandments. No, it's unconditional because it's based on God's Grace, not your performance. You know, many of you here today, you in fact have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You stepped across the line of faith. You have accepted Christ. But listen, you ready for this? Here's the good news. Do you realize something? God has accepted you. 
He has accepted you without any conditions. 1 Peter 2.9, listen to this. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. The Bible says that God has chosen you. Remember as a kid at recess or, or PE or, you know, or maybe after school, they, the, the two popular kids or the two you know, best athletes, they would choose up sides, right? I don't, know if you, you know, I don't know if they still play sports today where you choose up sides, but I remember doing that as a kid. And uh, man, remember how great it felt when you were chosen? And the whole time, you know, when they're picking sides, you're, you're just like, oh God, don't let me be the last person. I don't want to be the reject, you know? I, I, I want to be chosen. Why? Because being chosen does amazing things for our self-esteem. I mean, it feels good, doesn't it, to be chosen for an award, a promotion, some special recognition? Well, get this, understand this. The Bible says that you were chosen by God, not because you deserve it, but because of his amazing grace. Some of you did grow up with an unpleasable parent. And no matter what you did, it just never seemed to be enough. If you got C's, they wanted B's. If you got B's, they wanted A's. If you got A's, they wanted straight A's. If you got straight A's, they wanted you involved in some extracurricular activity. No matter what you did, either they were unwilling or unable to give you the approval and the acceptance that you craved. Some of you today are still trying to earn your parents' acceptance. They might be dead. They might live in another state. But in the back of your mind, you keep hearing, you'll never amount to anything. And you think, I'm going to prove them wrong. Let me be honest with you today. If you did not get your parents' approval or acceptance as a child, it is quite possible that you're never going to get it. But you've got to hear something today. It's their problem. It's their problem. It's not yours. In all likelihood, you're, they're never going to say, I approve of you, I accept you, you know, unconditionally. Let me say something even more important. You truthfully don't need it. You know, ultimately, you don't need their approval. There are over 7 billion people on this planet. Is it okay that two of them, even sadly if it's your parents, that don't accept you? It is. There are other people who will accept you and will love you. And most importantly, you've got to hear this today. If God accepts you, it's their problem. They're the one that has, that has a problem, not you. And God has chosen you. Number two, God says, I am valuable. I am valuable. How much do you think you're worth? How much do you think you're worth? Now, I'm not talking about your net worth. I'm talking about your, your value as, as a human being, your self-worth, because net worth and self-worth have absolutely nothing to do with each other. Your value has no relationship to your valuables. I'm talking about how valuable you are as an individual. You say, well, you know, I don't know, Pastor Chris, how in the world do you do that? How do you judge the value of a person? Well, how do you judge the value of anything? There are two ways you determine the value of something. One, 
who owns it. Two, what is somebody willing to pay for it? Now, we all know that when something's owned by a celebrity, uh, it's typically far more valuable than something that's owned by one of us. For example, if, uh, you know, would a car that was owned, let's say, by Elvis Presley sell for more than my car? Okay, absolutely, right? Okay, how about, a, how about a pair of shoes owned by LeBron James or your nasty, smelly, dirty sneakers, right? Any difference? Of course there is. The fact is the owner of something adds value to something that is just normally common. Now, who do you belong to? Who owns you? 1 John 4, 4, listen to this. But you belong to God, my dear children. Ephesians 1, 5, his unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this gave him great pleasure. Do you hear that, Coastal? Imagine your value. You belong to God. When you accepted Jesus as your Savior and Lord, when you stepped across that line of faith, God put you in his family. All of a sudden, you belong to God. He owns you. That means you are priceless. You are valuable. You are a child of the king. Not only does God say you are acceptable, but you are valuable and you belong to him. The other thing that determines your value is what is somebody willing to pay for it? How much is your house worth? Well, a good realtor will tell you that your house is worth what? Whatever somebody's willing to pay for it, right? How much was paid for you? 1 Corinthians 7.23 God purchased you at a high price. Don't be enslaved by this world. God said, you are so valuable to me that I will give my one and only son to die for you. That's how much you're worth. If you want to know how valuable you are, then you, you only have to look at the cross. Jesus, with his arms outstretched, said, this is how much you're worth. This is, is how much you matter to me. This is how much I care about you. You know, when somebody says, you know, you're worthless, you don't amount to much, you can say you're wrong, you're lying. God says you are priceless. So here's my challenge to you today. Start living like it. Stop looking in the mirror of this world. Stop settling for the table scraps of this world. Women, you are royalty. You're, you're, this entire world is your inheritance. Why are you settling for anything less than that? You're a child of the king. You are valuable. You are acceptable. Number three, the Bible says that because of God's healing grace, I'm lovable. I'm lovable. I, you know, this one feels good, especially if you've ever had a broken heart. You know, when you've been rejected by a girlfriend, a boyfriend, husband, wife, parent, whoever, you don't feel very lovable, but you're wrong. Jeremiah 31.3 from the message, God told them, I never quit loving you and never will. Expect love, love, and more love. You know, there are two characteristics about God's love that make it different from our love. First of all, God's love is consistent. It's consistent. It, it never ends. God's not fickle. 
You know, God, God's not changing his mind about you every moment saying, well, I like you today and tomorrow get lost, you loser. You know, he doesn't do that. You know, you know most of you have experienced inconsistent love. In fact, I'd say we've all experienced inconsistent love. Why? Because we're human beings and our love is inconsistent. We're all inconsistent. Some of you, when you grew up from day to day, you never knew whether you'd be hugged or slugged. It depended on the mood of your parents. You grew up with inconsistent love. Parents, listen to this. Inconsistent love produces insecure children. And yet God says, my love is never going to end for you. You can always count on it. Secondly, God's love is unconditional. Again, it's not based on your performance. It's not based on you measuring up. You know, when, when you say, when we, when we say something like, you know, I love you if you love me. I love you if you'll meet my needs. That's conditional love. Now, obviously, when those needs stop being met, what happens? People leave each other. People divorce. Or... When you say, I love you because, that's conditional love. I love you because you love me. I love you because you make me feel good. Well, what happens if they stop making you feel good? I love you because you're beautiful. I love you because you're good looking. Well, what happens when they're fat, 50, and bald like me? I mean, you know, are they out the door? But God says, you ready for this? Listen to this. I love you, period. I love you, no conditions. There's no qualifiers. You don't ever have to ask, well, you know, I, I wonder if God's going to love me tomorrow. I wonder if God's going to love me next week. You know, did I pray enough? Do I do enough? His love isn't conditional on your performance. It's called grace. And that's why it's amazing. Ephesians 1.4 says, long ago, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. My goodness, what an amazing verse of scripture. Before you were even born, God knew every stupid thing you were ever going to do. And he still made you and he still loves you. God says, you are capable, you are valuable, you are lovable, you are acceptable. Number four, he says, I'm capable. I'm capable. You know, it doesn't matter how many other people in your life have said, you'll never amount to anything. The Bible says that in Christ, you are capable. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling with insecurity. You know, if that's true, it's typically because of one of two things. One, you put your security in the wrong thing. You know, for true security in life, and I, this sounds so basic, but I think we, don't, we forget this. For true security, you've got to base your security on something that is truly secure. That can never be taken away from you. And, and that's the problem. So many of you have based your security on money, my career, my family, my good looks, my status, my image. None of those things are, are truly secure. I mean, they, they all come and go. They all change. 
Listen, there's only one thing that fits this bill. It is a personal relationship with your creator God through his son Jesus. That can never be taken away. The second reason people struggle with insecurity is that they're still playing those old tapes in their mind. You're still listening to those voices of your past or to the voices of this world that say, you're never going to amount to anything. You're not very smart. You're uncoordinated. And on and on and on. And they're dead wrong. Listen, how do you reverse a curse? Okay, what I mean by that is, you know, when somebody said something to you or about you that's kind of stuck with you, your whole life. I'd call that a curse. How do you change that? How do you reverse that? By listening to the truth. By by filling your mind with what God says about you, the truth of his word. I love what Philippians 4.13 says from the Amplified Bible. Listen to this. I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything. I am equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. That's the truth. That's the truth. That is what God says about you. You are capable. You are a giant-killing, water-walking, demon-defeating, mountain-moving child of the king who can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. That's the truth. Stop believing those distorted mirrors. Stop depending your, your, your security on things that change, that things don't last. You know, many of you, again, you've come here this morning and you've had some major hurt, some major pain in your life, and you've carried scars and wounds and the pain of rejection your entire life. Man, I am so, so sorry for your hurt. I really, really am. And God hurts with you. There's a church family called Coastal that cares about you. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to become a part of us and to begin the process of finding help and healing and hope and a fresh start. You absolutely can be healed of a broken heart if if you will open up your life to the grace and power of God. And accept what he says about you. And begin a relationship with him. And then take his word and to begin to fill your mind with it this week. In fact, I got a little homework assignment for you this week. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to take this outline. You know, maybe cut it into four parts or, you know, tear it up or or write down some of these truths on some index card. But but put them on some cards, some little index cards. Keep them in your wallet. Keep them in your car. Keep them on your visor, and just every day, just flip through them. Just review them. Review what God says about you. You know, study after study has shown that the way you see yourself and the way you feel about yourself is determined by what you think the most important person in your life thinks about you. 
If that's true, I want to suggest that you make Jesus the most important person in your life. Because he says, you are acceptable. You are valuable. You are lovable. You are capable. The bottom line is, who are you going to believe? Who are you going to believe? You know, somebody else? The world? Magazines? The media? Or what God says about you? I mean, it's your choice. You know, you can keep believing the distorted mirrors and what this world says about you, or you can hold your life up to the true mirror of God's word and his truth and believe what he says about you. You are acceptable. You are valuable. You are lovable. And you are capable. That's the truth. You know, maybe you are here this morning and you have not yet crossed over that line of faith. You know, what, what are you waiting on? What, what, what are you waiting on? Our God, our, the creator, your creator, he loves you and he's got a plan for your life. And he wants to adopt you into his family. But you've got to make that choice. You know, all these things, or all these things and more will be true the moment, the moment you cross that line of faith. God is ready for you to come into his family. He is ready to, to love you, to accept you, to increase your value, to forgive you. In fact, the Bible says that God loved you so much that he did. He gave his one and only son, Jesus. That whoever would simply believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. What about you? Have you done that? Have you accepted that gift? You can do that today. Mother's Day, 2018 here at Coastal. It's as simple and yet as beautiful as a prayer. And that's what I want to do. I want to lead you in a prayer this morning. and you Just pour out your heart to God and tell Him that you're ready to come home. And some of you think that you've got to figure it all out first. Some of you think that you're not good enough. The truth is you're not. You're not good enough. But again, it's not based on you and your performance. It's based on what Jesus has already done for you and what He accomplished for you on the cross and through His resurrection. He proved his power over sin and death, by coming back from the dead. And it was witnessed by hundreds of people. It was recorded in human history. It's a fact. And you don't have to have everything figured out. You don't have to, I still have questions. I'm still trying to figure out things. The more I know, this seems like, the more I don't know, and I'm learning. And you can start today. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I thank you for your word, for the truth of your word. And Father, the, the reality is, is that so many people, and I would venture to say so many women in particular, have believed a distorted mirror, have accepted as truth what the world says, what 
the culture says, maybe what an unbeliever has said about them, maybe sadly even a parent who was not very loving or kind. And as a result, they've acted on that truth and have a lot of hurt and pain today. Listen, if that's you, I just pray that right here and right now, you would pour all that out to your loving Heavenly Father. He is a Father like no other. And maybe some of you today have a hard time even relating to that because you project what you experience negatively with your Father to God. He is the perfect Father you always hoped for and more. He loves you. And He says today, that you are beautiful, you are lovable, you're acceptable, you're valuable, and you are capable. And if you've never yet accepted Christ as your Savior and as your Lord, if you've never yet crossed that line of faith, you can do it here and now. Just pour out your heart to God and pray something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I believe. I do. I want to come home. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he went to a cross to pay for my sin. I believe that he rose from the dead and he is alive. And today I put my faith and my trust in him and him alone. And I just want to follow him now for the rest of my days. And God, I believe. I believe what you say about me. I believe that I'm your child. I believe I'm your son, your daughter, adopted into your forever family. Thank you, God. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. And Father, again, thank you today for Mother's Day. Thank you for my mom. I thank you for uh, all the women in my life who've influenced me over the years. Thank you for my wife, who's such a great mother. And Lord, I thank you for all the ladies who are here today who uh, Mother's Day is painful for a lot of different reasons. And I pray today, God, that you would um, heal the brokenhearted among us. We love you and we pray all these things today in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, Check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.